Welcome to Meet the Filmmakers at the Apple Store, Regent Street in London. Would you please welcome our guest moderator, Chris Hewitt. Hey everyone. Thank you all for coming. Sorry we're a little late. Blame Alan Carr. He's quite a chatty man, believe me. Uh, thank you for coming again. Uh, tonight's uh, tonight's Q&A uh, is about Set Fire to the Stars, which is a, a wonderful little film. It's about the time that Dylan Thomas, a legendary poet, came to New York for the first time in 1950. It was a bit of a raucous affair, as I'm sure you can imagine. Before we meet the stars, let's take a look at the trailer. I believe him to be the purest lyrical poet in the English-speaking world. Your man has a reputation for roaring behavior that brought wives, mothers, and the London police running. How do you propose to handle it? I'll improvise. I'm Dylan Thomas. I'm a friend of John Malcolm Brennan. Him. I can do this, Jack. I can get him ready for America. I must warn you, I might break your heart. How much trouble can one poet be? <laughs> about feeling something. Allowing ourselves to feel it first before we tear it apart for answers. Jesus, John. What have you done? Oh! <laughs> Why'd you have to ruin it? Sorry! There's no secret, John. No holy grail. Which is what's in front of all of us. Set fire to the stars. The great, the good, the kings, the czars. Kindling from big guitars. Tip the coal and crash the cars into the ground. Tumble into the ground. Please welcome Elijah Wood and Kellen Jones. Apple Store. <laughs> it's such a wonderful place. It's a wonderland of technology. It makes me so happy just being in here. Uh, welcome, guys. Uh, Elijah, a little bird tells me that you said yes to starring in this film on November 4th last year. Yeah. Here we are almost a year later. Yeah. And it's about to come out. Yeah. Is that the quickest turnaround you've ever had I for a film? I think it is. Yeah. And it was actually the fastest, I think almost the fastest from reading the script getting signed on to do it with these guys and then going into production. So it was November 4th. We were in production in January. I was in Wales shooting. Mm. It came together very quickly. And then we saw the film. I think the first cut of the film was in April yeah, when yeah. you came out to L.A. So I think we saw the movie in April. after wow. I mean, it, The paint hadn't dried. <laughs> <laughs> it was really remarkable. I mean, but the thing is, is that, you know, we shot in 18 days. The... The film. There weren't many directions for which the film could go. In, yeah. You know, in terms of post and editing, it was relatively simplistic. And in some ways, we shot. And I think Andy and Chris um, shot the movie w with 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 editing in mind. Mm. There wasn't a lot of superfluous footage, mm. so it was going to be a relatively straightforward process. I think the post production. So, what was it about this movie that made you say yes almost a year ago when you read the script? It was honestly, it was honestly the script. Um, you know, I think on paper, in a way, getting a script that's about a literary figure, um, you know, the fear, I think, would be that it would be, um, 
a stuffy biopic or that it, it would be too literal. And it was anything but. It, with these characters kind of popped off of the screen and it didn't really require you to, to have a prior relationship to Dylan Thomas, the poet. Mm -hmm. It ultimately was about these two men um, and how one of them is sort of changed forever as a result of knowing the other man. Um, and it just had energy and electricity and it, it sort of just jumped off the page to me. And then, you know, I think as an actor, I was also really excited about the notion of just going to do something as an actor. It, you know, the, f the movie sort of functions as a, as a two-hander mm. with this wonderful supporting cast that we kind of, these characters that we meet along the way that give the movie such life. And I really love the idea of just going somewhere and, and working with someone and in, 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 in stripping it all down to its barest essentials as well, you know. Absolutely. Uh, and Kellen, you play uh, Dylan Thomas in this, but you also co-wrote the script. Yeah. So can you talk about your, uh, I, I guess, what, what attracted you to Dylan Thomas in the first place? Were you a huge fan growing up? Was it something that, that always resonated with you? Yeah, I, I got given a book uh, when I was a teenager, and it was on the cover, I had a picture of Dylan with his feet on the wall outside the Vogue studios with a cigarette in his hand. And inside this book was loads of this sort of great poetry and I just thought, this is not a guy that, that my brain was telling me looked like a poet. I thought he just looked like a guy you might know or your parents might know. And, uh, you know, he looked sort of alternative. And so I sort of gravitated towards him and really loved the work. And then I, uh, you know, so it's, and then when I became an actor, people would say, well, you know, you should play Dylan Thomas, you know. I kind of thought, you know. Which is randomly every two weeks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They sort of go, you know, well, if anyone's going to play a sort of a overweight, baby-faced, curly-head poet then from <laughs> Wales, then uh, you're in for a shout. And, um, and, uh, and I just wanted to do it, and I wanted to tell this story, and I kind of wanted to say this sort of internationally Welsh story of a guy landing in America. So it was with me for a long time, and then I met Andy, and Andy and I wanted to work together. And it's Andy, uh, Andy, Andy Goddard, a yeah. uh, great director. And uh, he's from Pembrokeshire, Wales, and we decided to do this Dylan story, and we wanted it to be this first week when he lands in America. We knew we wanted it to have a sort of punk ethos, mm -hmm. and sort of halfway through the writing process, we, uh, Andy phoned me up and said, wouldn't Elijah would be amazing, John Brynn? And I thought that'd be, yeah, it'd be amazing, mm. you know? And, uh, and, uh, and so we sort of finished the script with, you know, our John, Looking like Elijah Wood, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, and um, yeah, and that was it. So and then AJ and Andy, our producers, that's our producers over there. Give them a wave. <laughs> they made a film in a year. Give them a wave. <laughs> they give need it. They need the love. They need the love. And then you know we it, it just sort of came to life, and so yeah, I have wanted to play Dylan for a long, long time. Um, and now I have, opposite this man, in a film directed by uh, a friend and brilliant director. And Griff Reese has done the soundtrack. Yeah. And, you know, Shirley Henderson, Kevin Eldon, Kelly Riley, yeah, Mamie, Mamie McCoy. McCoy. I'm the only one I've never heard of. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, Wait, that's I got plenty more in the tank. Uh, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so uh, no, it's great, and we're thrilled with it. And uh, you know, it's 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 just what what we wanted to go out, set out, and make. You know, fantastic. So you you say that you you wanted uh, Elijah to play John Brennan. Did you start writing it in the script? Now John Brennan enters. He looks a lot like Elijah Wood, <laughs> just to try and maybe entice you, maybe when you read the script. <laughs> 
remarkably like Elijah. <laughs> Almost a spitting image of, you would say. Um, who is John Brennan, for people who don't know? Dylan Thomas we know, but John yeah, Brennan we John, may not. Well, he's a bit of a, uh, a specter, <laughs> in the sense that there's very little biographical information about John available. But um, John was a poet and a poetry professor. Um, he, it was his idea to bring um, Dylan Thomas to the US. Mm -hmm. It was his brainchild. He was a great fan of his work and felt that the American audience should be introduced to the, the sort of greatest lyrical mind in mm -hmm. you know, history or in living history. Um, but he was, al he was also a very buttoned up individual, um, relatively private, and his world was turned upside down <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> when he brought Dylan Thomas to America. Who was a force of nature, essentially. A total force of yeah. nature, heavy drinker. Um, but I actually look at him really fondly. I think, you know, he was a lot to handle, and I think in John's position, and certainly the, the disposition of John, it, it would have really rattled him. But I think what's really amazing about, about Dylan is that he was just 100% vulnerable and open to everyone all the time, and he was open to any possibility. Mm. And that can, that can yield intense results, mm. but he also really deeply connected with, with people and got other people to sort of reveal themselves, and I think that's one of the, the beautiful things about the character. I mean, he was a little self-destructive and not very healthy, mm. um, but a remarkable person in the sense that he would look for poetry amongst the world around him, you know? In, in terms of that uh, central dynamic, Callum, were you, were you uh, basing the film in, or were you inspired by other movies? I know you've, you've said With Nell and I was an inspiration in the past. Yeah, well, I, we wanted this film to be for, for, for everyone, you know, in the script. I believe Dylan, you know, people say the rock star poet. I, I think he's the people's poet. I think he writes for everyone. It's not just for uh, an academic uh, hierarchy. It's not just for uh, speaking to the layman. It's, it is sort of, it's out there without question or without reason. Just don't judge it. Don't forgive it nothing. This is what I created. Um, and I, I felt like that was him as a person, you know, the stories about him. He'd go to a pub to talk. That was the reason he went to pubs, he said. I went to talk first and then drink. <laughs> and, um, you know, so I just found this sort of really human sort of character in there. And I sort of felt that this sort of sensual dynamic could be like all those classic buddy movies. Maybe, you know, With Neil and I is a great reference. Sideways and uh, is a good reference to it, you know. Um, uh, and it could be for anybody who's never heard about Dylan or maybe they might pick up a poetry book after the end of it, and then that's cool, but they might just get something out of it because it's about uh, this relationship, about two men who need each other at this moment in time. So, uh, um, you know, inspired. There's a little, there's a sneaky little line in there which is a nod to With Neil and I. Okay. Um, but uh, when, you, when you say With Neil and I, people just say, is it just about drinking? And yeah. that's just sort of a small aspect to it, you know, because... Dylan said he had the beast, the angel, and the madman within him. So, uh, you know, he was drunk, he was sober, he was kind, he was cruel, he was funny, he was sad. He was, you know, all of us. Was it easy to write, that central dynamic between the, the firebrand and this buttoned-up guy? Well, it starts with the dialogue, doesn't it? And you just think, well, what was it like? This happened, you know? He, this, this man landed like a wide-eyed owl with a, looking like an unmade bed in New York in 1950, <laughs> leaving his wife and children broke, you know? He was broke, and he had to go there. And John wrote him a letter saying, I think you're great, come over to America. We all love you, and you'll make some money. So he goes there, and then America just hits him. 
and um, you know, so so sort of you, then you think, well, this happened. He landed in New York. He was like a spinning top, like a whirlwind. John bundles him into a car <laughs> and drives into a log cabin in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and then you think, well, all right, well, that's your film. Yeah. What, what you know, then your imagination goes on fire. You know, this man and, and you know, John Brennan, Dylan Thomas, what the hell did they talk about? <laughs> you know, how did you keep him entertained, you know? So, that, you know, then, then you're off then. Your imagination flies. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think you just nicely set up the first clip. In which, uh, in which John and Dylan are on a lake in a boat at the very, very cabin. Uh, let's take a look. Thank you. Sometimes I, I don't understand you. And that's hard for me to admit. You lose me in a haze of language and imagery that often don't Kiss belong me. to you. No. Take me to bed. Absolutely not. Then punch me in the nose. Bloody my mind with your rage and forgive me nothing. Hold me tenderly as your friend and keep my secrets. I, I don't understand. Yes, you do. It's about feeling something. And allowing ourselves to feel it first before we tear it apart for answers. Clarity and understanding are last. So you write for yourself? For everyone. That's a big ask. Nobody asked. Not for the proud man apart. From the raging moon I write on these spindrift pages. Nor for the towering dead. With their nightingales and psalms. But for the lovers. Their arms on the griefs of the ages, who pay no praise or wages, nor heed my craft or art. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So just to set the scene, that was January, February of this year? That was, um, some of that was actually on my birthday, wasn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. January 28th. Okay. Yeah. So pretty cold, yeah. I'm guessing. It was cold. Yeah. And uh, what were your memories of filming that? You didn't end up in the drink, did you? I did not end up okay. in the drink. Um, we shot the, all of the boat sequence over the course of two days, and it was our first two days of shooting. <laughs> and so to, it was kind of amazing, actually, to, to get into that material and that scene I think it, it's sort of it's the most connected they ever get in the film it's the first time that he that that Dylan really opens up to John and John is trying to get answers out of Dylan to, to understand how he's capable of writing the art that he that he writes mm. and it's that moment where he finally lets it go and he's like okay ask me the questions that you want to ask and I'll reveal them to you mm. It's a really beautiful thing, and it's kind of the, the crux of the film. So to do that in the first two days, it was, it was ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, oftentimes it's, so, it's sort of nice to start with something easy. Yeah, uh, open the door. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Insert shots. <laughs> um, you know, and get used to working together and get used to the crew. But there's also the opposite of that is to jump in headlong, which is what we did. And, and it was very gratifying. We, 
it was kind of discovering our characters in the moment and, and feeling comfortable with our working dynamic, which is so much fun and so gratifying mm. on a daily basis. Um, it, it, was, it was great to just jump right into that. Uh, how did you work in that dynamic between the two of you? Did you have much rehearsal time, much time to build chemistry between Dylan and John? We fell in love instantly. <laughs> yeah. With the old kiss me icebreaker, was yeah, it? Kiss me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've made him become my best friend. That's what I do. <laughs> That's what I do. I just, do yeah, and no, I just you bring to Swansea, get him in his most vulnerable and cold, <laughs> and I say, never leave me. Um, <laughs> the, no, we, 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 well, he, he's. He's a great guy, you know? And same. He's a brilliant actor and a great guy, and that's genuine, you know? And, uh, and so it's very, very easy. And uh, on top of that, we knew we had 18 days to make this film, mm -hmm. and it had to be finished, didn't it, boys? <laughs> you know? <laughs> the window would close, and we had to, so we just, I, we just literally didn't leave each other's side for the whole shoot. You know, even not going back to trailers, if we ever had a trailer. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We and had trailers? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They used to serve chips out of them at lunch. <laughs> oh <my Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you had lunch? <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Yeah, we had lunch. That's good. Every day. <laughs> Every day. Wow. Every day. Extravagant. It, but it was sort of important just to be together, you know? And we were, you know, he's away from, we, we're both away from home, you know? I'm, yeah. fr I'm from Wales, but I don't live in Swansea, you know? Yeah. And so... You know, I'm away from my wife and kids. You know, Elijah's away from his friends and family, and you know, so there's something about these two, you know, two actors c coming together to make this piece of work at the same time, sort of trying to th get this chemistry going on on screen, which 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 felt effortless. You know, and part of it was effortless. Yeah, the work and and the. Um the enormity of the responsibility I think that both of us had, especially Kel, bringing mm. this man to life, yeah. you know, of which I'm sure there are plenty of expectations from people about yeah. that. But um, aside aside from that massive weight, <laughs> we also just had the we had the work, and there was a lot of it. Yeah, the, the script is is mostly dialogue. It's mostly communication uh, between each other and amongst the other characters that we meet along the way. And it was pretty much, there wasn't really a light day. You know, there wasn't sort of a, an easy day. It was, it was all heavy. And so, yeah, you, you kind of just rallied together. And, but it was so enjoyable. I, it, you know, as cold as it was, as hard as the work was, um, as muddy as that bloody area got around the <laughs> roadhouse, um, it was always gratifying and enjoyable. And the work that Chris Seeger was doing uh, as our DP on a daily basis, seeing these shots he was composing, it felt like we were making something ev evoking another time, and mm. it was just gratifying on a daily basis, you know. Uh, obviously, it's a uh, it's a black and white. Uh, Kellen, did you envisage it in that way from the from the very beginning? Yeah, I, I mean, I always wanted to be in a black and white movie, and um, <laughs> uh, but uh, you know, Andy and I, Andy only ever saw it in black and white, and and Dylan sort of exists in black and white. There's no real moving image of him. There's no real there's only a couple of colorized photos, but no color photograph of him. There's no real audio of his speaking voice, just his performance voice. So the black and white helped towards sort of that character, you know, sort of painting that picture, painting that time, you know, New York. You see the smoke and, and the cigarettes and the light and the steam coming up from the drain and you hear the jazz music. Uh, the, the film's got an amazing score. Griff Reese from the Super Furry Animals. 
scored the music, you know, uh, the whole film, the whole film. Yeah. And, um, you know, you're in America, so as soon as, so the black and white helps, you know? Yeah. And it's incredible as well, not just the achievement of shooting something like this in 18 days, but having Swansea double for New York as well. Were you daunted by that? Did you think we might not be able to pull this off? Well, I mean, I, it was, I remember talking to Andy the first time that I met him and we talked about the movie. And I think at the time we were going to shoot in Manchester. I think that that was the original location yeah, that we were going to shoot. I think frequently doubles for New York, as, as far as I, right. as far as we're, yeah, right, Cap Captain America and, and whatnot. Right. Yeah. Okay. So it's been done before. So there, there was there was talk of that, and and you know, even then he recognized the challenge, you know, and I think in his mind the way he approached it is he said, look, it's we're going to go impressionistic rather than try and be really literal mm -hmm. with references to New York architecture and and you know the set design or dressing things, we're gonna kind of go impressionistic with it so that you get a feel that it's New York without trying to be super literal. Mm. Um, and I think that approach really helped. Mm. You know, There's just subtle little ways that we can kind of infer. There's a couple of shots, there's one shot in the film with me running through the snow down the street amongst people that looks like something out of It's a Wonderful Life or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you see the old cars, you see the snow falling, it's black and white and, and it feels like New York. Yeah. So that was sort of enough, and we knew that yeah. if we just did those small little things, it would be enough. I mean, the vast majority of the movie takes place in Connecticut at the boathouse, so thankfully True. it wasn't, you know. So we had the hard work of the designer, who was sort of a genius, sort of turning parts of Swansea to look like New York, mm. and if you moved the camera an inch to the left, you'd see a Yatesy's wine lodge, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and sort of bouncers chucking people out of bars, and people eating at a Pizza Express or something like that. <laughs> um, you know, but that sort of poor man's process was sort of li very liberating um, to sort of tell the story. And then there was some luck, you know, because, you know, Welsh people are glorious and sometimes a, a Welsh farming couple do build a log cabin, that <laughs> a c a, an, an, an American log cabin on their farm. And we find it and we get to film in it, you know? So yeah. that was just lucky when... When the, the the location scout found that, that was like, well, we have our our Millennium Falcon. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you know, we have the cabin, so yeah. we're sort of we're away. You know, yeah. um, so you know, a lot of hard work, a little bit of luck, and uh, and you know, it was. Um, I think it's there. You yeah. know. Am I right in thinking as well? There are some locations in Swansea that were very you know special to Dylan Thomas, or very Dylan Thomas centric as well that you ended up shooting in. Yeah, the, the Cardoma Cafe, uh -huh. where he used to have breakfast, um, became a 1950s diner. We redressed it. Not bad. Um, and the, is it the No Sign Bar? Yeah. The No Sign Bar is... You know, Elijah gets forced to drink Guinness with a raw egg in it. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Steve Spears, the Welsh actor, Steve Spears, picks Elijah up and forces him to drink Guinness with a raw egg. And that's in the No Sign Bar where Dylan used to drink. Wow. Okay. And um, uh, so, yeah, there was a so that we was like the ghost of of Dylan Thomas. And then there's some amazing architecture where we shot Yale is actually the the town hall. So in between takes people are arguing about the bins and getting their driving license <laughs> renewed or something like that next door. <laughs> but um you know the, the, it, it's predominantly the talent of the crew who really sold it. And then the spirit of Dylan and also the spirit of Swansea who just rolled their sleeves up and got a lot of support and a lot of love and just got right behind it. Um we're sort of going to screen the film there. On yeah. Sunday. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah, which we're looking forward to. It's going to be good. Fantastic. And uh, I have to ask about the, the Guinness and the, uh, the raw egg. Yeah. How many takes and what were you really drinking? 
It wasn't actually Guinness. I think it was a non-alcoholic beer, okay. and it was pretty rubbish. <laughs> and they had to create, because non-alcoholic beer doesn't form a head, I guess. Okay, yeah. You know, the sort of classic yeah, yeah, yeah. Guinness head. So that wasn't there. So they had to, like, foam it up. It wasn't, it wasn't, did, it was a bit unsavory. What, <laughs> what they were putting into it? Uh, yeah, you it don't want to know, essentially? Th- yeah, exactly. And the egg, you know, I'm game. I'll do whatever, you know? <laughs> Thankfully, every single take, the egg dropped to the bottom of the glass. So <laughs> by the time I held it, I was like, ah, I'm good. I can see where it is. I don't have to touch it. Well. Uh, Kellen, there's a fair amount of drinking for you in this movie. What, what were you, uh, what were you imbibing in, in, in real life? What was I drinking? Yeah, in real life. In real life? Yeah. Oh, loads of cold tea and apple juice. Yeah. <laughs> you know, lovely. You know. You didn't go full method. On I this know, one. no. I, loads of people are saying, "Oh, did you go full method?" You like, we had 18 days to shoot this film. <laughs> I would have been no use to anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sort of, <laughs> you know. Uh, Singing rugby songs in the corner. Yeah, um, you're, the, you're the writer, so if you start ad libbing, it's fine. You can do what you want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it's, it, no, I it was a. You just have to, you know, sharps on it, and we worked out a way with the smoking, and we worked out a way with the drinking, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, and sort of mindful of that. It's sort of one aspect to it, you know, that to show Dylan drunk and to show him is sometimes his behaviour is not dictated by drink. Mm. It's actually dictated by others. It's pricking that bubble of pomposity, you know? Whenever he feels like someone's being picked on or marginalized, you know, if he stands up for John, he'll throw himself on that grenade. And Mm. that's not necessarily the drink, that's just the way he feels inside his heart, you Mm. know? So he, you know, he would misbehave, not just because he was drunk, Mm. you know, it's because of the situation he found himself in. So, um, you know. You've done it again. You've set up the next clip again, inadvertently. I don't know how you're doing this. I'm this very is, good. This wow. is amazing. This was not uh, planned, I promise. <laughs> this, is not that, this is not that slick. Um, this is a, a scene involving Shirley Henderson and Kevin Eldon. Can you set them up, who, who they play in the movie? Shirley and, why am I forgetting his name? Kevin Eldon. Stanley. Stanley, that's it. Shirley and Stanley, who were writers. Yeah. And they Shirley wrote a very famous novel, a horror novel. She wrote a brilliant short f- story, Seek Out, called The Lottery, which was fantastic, which was sort of like a seminal kind of horror short story mm. over time stanley was a critic he lived in new york and this actually happened he they had a log cabin too near john's log in cabin and this sort of evening actually happened i mean apparently in real life it didn't happen in john's cabin it happened okay. in theirs but yeah. they did come round and they did party and John did not have the evening he expected <laughs> to have with his literary hero and these two great academic minds. Barreled in. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of ruined his evening. It yeah. was actually really fantastic. In the middle of the film, this, this sort of sequence with, with yeah. Shirley and Stanley exists. And it, in, the, in the script, it was almost like a play yeah. within the interior of the film. It, it occupied, I think, 14 pages or something, or 12 pages. You can tell it's my first script. <laughs> <laughs> 14 pages. But it was, it was really fantastic, and, and, I, and something we really looked forward to yeah. as actors to work with them. I, I love Kevin, and, and Shirley Henderson is yeah. you know, an acting goddess. She's incredible. And it was as if Stanley and Shirley were real. They came into our lives, and we had it had a very similar effect on us. Yeah, because yeah, we, we'd had a week alone, whirling we? dervish of energy into the space. It was really remarkable. Yeah, yeah. fantastic, yeah. amazingly set up. Let's take a look at the clip. Cool. Thanks, guys. Look at us, like two spinster ants in a prom ball. Why should they have all the fun? Oh, oh, you call this fun? Uh, Shirley likes to cut loose once in a while, like Mount Vesuvius. 
I indulge. I'm very Catholic of you. Really? We all have our vices, don't you? Oh, I don't really have time for vices. Dylan makes sure of that. So four days ago, I thought I was a professor of poetry in New York. Now? Not so sure. Benefactor, babysitter, nursemaid. Jesus, you make it sound like a marriage. Like you and Shirley, huh? Wouldn't go that far. There's a crucial difference, my boy. Oh? Shirley needs me. Come on, boy, Reese. Get up. Your turn. No, no, I don't. I, no, take him on. Come on. America versus Wales. Put him up. Come on. Put your hands up, John. That's right. Guys, come on, John. Try a bit harder. Put him up. John, try harder. Come on. Useless. Major, major fight scene. Oh, yeah, huge. How long did it take to shoot that? Days? Well, I'm it guessing? was the preparation that took yeah. days, yeah. It's really quite Wire a work, choreographed piece. <laughs> yeah, it's like Raging Bull for poets. <laughs> yeah, pretty uh, intense. That's uh, throw it open to you guys now. If you have any questions for Kellen and Elijah, uh, put your hands up. Wow, immediately right up at the back. We'll get uh, microphones around you again. There's a gentleman right by the camera. Keep your hand up so that we can see it. Thank you. Hi. Hello. How are you? Very well, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Great. <laughs> Next question, thank you very much. Uh, have you ever thought becoming a poem, you're a poet yourself? Is that for both of us? Both, yeah. A poet yourself, ever become a poet yourself? Uh, uh, become a poet? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've written some terrible poetry in my time. There's a, uh, I, I found, funny enough, I found a a chunk of poems that I wrote when I was a teenager and when I thought I was this sort of, you know, you know, whatever, you know, finding myself growing up and uh, it, it's actually the poem in the film that uh, John's marking. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. You never told me that. No, I know, I know, I know, Wait, yeah. you wrote that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you so realize how meta that is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I'm reading, this is the scene, guys. Let me set it up for you. I'm reading, this is crazy. So I'm reading, I'm a poetry professor. I'm, I'm basically grading papers, right? So I'm reading my, my student's work, apparently his work. And then I, I give it to Dylan to sort of like, if you, if you were to read this, you know, it, I'd, I'd love to hear your comment on it. You know, my students would love to know what, you, what the great Dylan Thomas would have to say about their work, which is crazy. <laughs> that means that you, as Dylan Thomas, were reviewing your own work. What an egomania. So meta. <laughs> it's a thing. You know? I know. him. That's why I didn't... I never shared it in it's the Pizza Express in Swansea. I waited till we had a crowd, you know? <laughs> because uh, I didn't want to be judged in any way. No, <laughs> that's so great. <laughs> no, I wish I remembered the poem. Do you happen to remember it, Kellen? I'm, I'm sure you've just, do you have it in a piece uh, of paper in your pocket or? No, it's the bit in the film when he goes, yeah. you, you tried to break my father and I walked on the dreams with the collateral of another boy's dawn. I don't remember, he says, just dashing yeah, it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, listen to a lot of deep music <laughs> as a teenager, you know. That is so great. Yeah, so yeah, have I thought of being a poet? Um, well, I thought of playing a poet, and I have written poetry, bad poetry, but I tried to rectify it when I played a poet in a film. 
by um, by by commenting on it I have and saying <laughs> saying to John, please don't judge that poem. Yes, the boy's trying his best. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that is. Oh my God, my mind is so blown right now. <laughs> that is am- that is really amazing yeah. on so many levels. Now we're sharing. This is this is good. We're this comfortable. Really yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's just, this so is Elijah, any any bad poetry or good poetry? Uh, good poetry. Bad poetry. Your, bad poetry. When I was past? young, I had no aspirations to be a, a poet, um, but I definitely did write some. I wrote one about um, I think it was called Blur or Were or something. It was like it was Blur and a life is a blur. It was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was horrible. <laughs> It was so bad. It was just like everything's passing us by. Nah, man, I'm with you. you. Know? I love it. It's deep, brother. It's yeah. deep. And it's just, we're not paying attention. Do we? It was horrible. Have, have you and sold? And I thought it was really clever at the time. It sounds good. Thanks, have you Have man. you sold the movie rights? Are they still available? Uh, they are available. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk afterwards, you and I. We'll talk afterwards. Uh, any other questions for Kellen and Elijah? Yes, please. Right over here. Thank you. Uh... This is kind of a question both for Elijah and Kellen, but particularly for Kellen. Um, what was your method in like tackling the roles that you had on this film? Like, in terms of for you, Elijah, you know, as an actor, did you have a certain style or did you have a method that you do when you tackle these kinds of roles? And for Kellen, you know, being the co-writer and also a performer for the film, was there a certain method you needed to establish in order to get the film rolling, basically? Uh, thanks, man. Uh, um, uh, as a writer, I really had to take my writer's hat off just before we went into production, and then it belonged to to Andy Goddard and his vision for the film because he was going to direct it and put it on there. So I kind of I stopped being the writer as soon as we started making it. And in terms of the imagination, is a powerful thing, you know. Um, the idea. The method thing is is crazy, you know, the idea of getting drunk to play a drunk or, you know, thinking of something terrible that's happened to you because that's the emotion you need to feel. Uh, Stanislavski didn't do that. He, he, he was actually all about the imagination and it's been sort of uh, confused down the line. Um, it's actually about uh, sort of giving yourself over to each other, you know, reacting, acting, list, you know, allowing the person... Uh, the actor that you're with to affect you so it's about being open to the work and each other so you know if my process was it it was actually to to sort of uh, give myself over to the director and the other actors in it and but playing Dylan because he flashes he bears his teeth one moment he's laughing the other um, it actually was quite a freeing thing because uh, there were no sort of boundaries in that way so that was uh, you know that was scary because you could think this might be terrible, but um, <laughs> that's when you just trust that, you know, Ooh, take it down, man, take it down. Um, you know, but uh, you just give yourself over to and trust the people around you, really. Yeah. So, yeah, if that's to that answer your question, writing it, cheers, buddy. Thanks, man. Writing it, take the hat off, acting, give yourself to other people. I'm sort of saying I shift the blame onto everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elijah? I, I, uh, I agree with that in terms of the process. Um, yeah, I think it's there's a there's a, a certain amount of research and um, you know depending on the character that you're playing in this case it was a, a living man so you know I certainly tried to find out as much as I could about John Malcolm Brennan as possible. There's Turn, not a lot out there. Turns is there? out there isn't yeah. a lot of information, so I kind of relied more heavily on the script, the way that he was characterized in the script, um, and I thought actually the fact that there wasn't a lot of information was incredibly revealing. 
it revealed that he was very private um, and relatively buttoned up and, and sort of remained so for the rest of his life. Um, but yeah, it's all, you know, I think the process is doing a great amount of work prior to getting there, being as prepared as possible. And then like Kellen said, it, it's about being open and you know, letting the work work and being open to the people around you and the environment that you're in and listening and, and reacting and that's that's sort of what it is. I think a lot of a, a great deal of the work in terms of dif discovering the character I think happens prior to the to the you know the day that you're shooting it and, and then you you open yourself up to things happening. That that's sort of the beautiful thing about working on film and, and acting is anything can happen. There can be these sort of surprises that just come out of the moment and the energy amongst a group of people, all in service of this thing that you're, you're working towards. And I, I, I love that. I love that about it. Fantastic. Uh, yes, please, there's a lady here. Thank you. Hi, Hi guys. Hey. hey. Which scene have you hated filming the most and loved filming the most? In this film or well, just in life? No, in this film. Oh, in this film. <laughs> Hated. Um, I I don't know. It's hard, man. My 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 dreams have just come true. So it's like, uh, um, uh, what was challenging? Uh, well, I loved. I suppose we. There was loads of moments. I I'm not very good with favorites. I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I I I can't say favorite band, favorite film. I'm shit at that. Yeah, favorite sorry. color. I I'm terrible. Yeah, I just I I can't do it. You know, but what I can expand on is that the idea of. You know the excitement of of the of scenes like Shirley and Kevin. You know, like like what Elijah was saying, you allow the work to happen. You know, Shirley Henderson comes into a film. They were in explosions. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that affects the characters and the film. You know, you got Kevin Eldon, this sort of you know legend of a performer, and Shirley Henderson, this kind of magician. You know, and uh, you allow that sort of energy, and then you go into another sequence, and it's in a diner, and Mamie McCoy is just incredible and Richard Brake is just so cool and so uh, um, really enjoyed I suppose well, the hardest one to do was when I had to do Dylan reading the poem you know when it I suppose you know not, I didn't say I hated it because I'm happy with the, the, what happened but doing it I was nervous about going okay this is this is how I think Dylan would have performed at this point in the poem and there's a lot of pressure on that and that's when your mate says to you, shut up, <laughs> just do it, which is what he said, you know? <laughs> and um, so that was hard and fun was kind of having all these brilliant actors to work with, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'll echo, I'll, I'll echo Kellen in saying that there, there wasn't really a scene that I hated. Um, I, I suppose there were scenes that were more challenging. Um, the, the There's a sequence in the film where, where a number of us tell sort of ghost stories or horror stories and it takes up a great deal of the center of the film there's <laughs> a lot of dialogue and there are these Shirley tells an incredible ghost story and and John tells a story that is related to a personal incident that's actually deeply revealing and 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 kind of horrible uh, and horrific in its own way in its very real way and I was petrified because it was it was a lot you know, and it was it was scary to, you know, w watch Shirley be like so incredible every take, and then be like, "Hey, <laughs> the pressure's on. I gotta tell my story." Um, so it, that was probably the most challenging in a way. 
but also so much fun. There was never, a mo there honestly wasn't a day I hated. Um, and I think the, the, the moments that I love the most, I like O'Kellen as well as, you know, when we would have these wonderful people come and, and sort of explode into our world. Um, it just changed the dynamic in, in such a real way, you know, in a way that those characters really did for our characters. And to react to that and with that and feed off of that was an absolute joy. And we just always constantly felt um, really lucky to be surrounded by these incredible people, you know. Uh, let's have a question. Uh, over here, please. Thank you. <coughs> Hello. Um, Hi. Uh, I was wondering, what drives you when you decide to take on a movie? Are you attracted by something about the movie, or are you doing it for someone, or are you doing it because uh, what drives you? That's a great question. Kel? No, man, you, you can answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went through a period of my career where I would sell toxic waste just to pay the mortgage. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but um, no, it's the material. It's the material, you know? Material and the people. Yeah, I, um, it's a I think it's a variety of things. Um, you know, I can, I can be just as motivated and excited by simply wanting to work with a filmmaker, you know? Oftentimes I find it's not, it's not necessarily the roles themselves that I'm attracted to. <coughs> I think I'm such a fan of cinema and such a lover of, of the process that I'm at as attracted to the, the writer and the director and other actors and the kind of creative, the ultimate full creative idea of what the thing's going to be um, more than just specifically uh, a character. So it's, it's, it, it can be a variety of things, you know? And it's always a gut feeling, I think. And I, I'm, never I'm never looking for anything specific. I think always just looking for a different experience and something new and challenging. And I'm sure Cal would feel the same way. I think as actors, yeah. you're constantly wanting to, to grow and to push, to push yourself and to, be, to put yourself into places where you're afraid. I think what was nice about this film as I was saying earlier, this idea of wanting to do something that was really stripped back and, and down to its barest essentials was an exciting prospect. But it also kind of scared me, too. Like, you, you're, you're a little bit more laid bare when it's not, there aren't smoke and mirrors, you know? It's, it's, it's purely driven on, it, this film lives and dies on its characters and its characterizations and the performances. <laughs> so you're far more vulnerable in that situation. And I, I yeah, there's not going to be an, uh, an explosion. Yeah, there's no orc uh, battle yeah, in yeah. the third act, you know, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, to look big forward great to. Great white shark. Right. Through, yeah. Um, and I, and I, I, th I think it's good, it's good to be afraid. It's good to be Definitely. scared. That's a good place to operate from. It normally means that the, you should probably do it if you're afraid. <laughs> yeah, the route to wisdom starts with I don't know, I think it oh, is. Yeah. You know. And I think this, uh, you know, in this film, uh, Andy says a great thing about this film, which is, um, you know, that, that uh, you know, it's a truly independent piece of cinema. Um, and it was sort of Andy Goddard's vision, and there was nobody, and the producers supported the film he, we wanted to make without anybody above telling us what to do. So uh, whether it sort of succeeds or fails, it's the piece of work that we set out to make, mm. you know? 
Um, and indeed, and that's a, a lovely note on which to end. That's all the time we have, I'm afraid. Uh, so Fire of the Stars is out on November 7th, just in time for the 100th anniversary of Dylan Thomas's birth, which is the intention, I believe, from the off. You wanted to, to get it out just in time for that? Uh, not necessarily. We didn't go. Hey, there's a centenary. Who who can I play? You know. What I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know. Let's take advantage of this. Yeah. Yeah. Who's hundred next year? Yeah. Who's hundred next year? Yeah. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do them all. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know. I. You know. I've got mouths to feed. And um, but uh, it, it was also it was the Dylan Thomas centenary. It was a case of will people be a bit Dylan'd out after this year? You know. And because it was a story we always wanted to tell and a film we always wanted to make. Uh, we thought, well, that was our moment to do it. And, and if we were going to do it, it had to be then. Yeah, and there's something I think also about people who don't know about Dylan Thomas. There would at least be a certain amount of focus on mm -hmm. him to provide yeah. a little bit of context. Absolutely. That would just make it a little bit, the entry into it maybe perhaps a little easier as well. Indeed. You know? Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. Guys, thank thanks you so for much. Thanks, thanks very, very much. Elijah Wood, Kellen Jones, thank you. Thanks,